Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 18 of The Sco Show. My name is Mark Schofield here for you on late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Whenever you're listening to it, doesn't matter. You know why? Because episode 18 of The Sco Show is a glorious victory edition. Always fun to get to say those words. And we're saying them for the third time in a row. The New England Patriots take care of business against the visit of New York Jets 30-14 to in a game which really wasn't that close at all. I want to talk about how the Jets got their two touchdowns, obviously a little bit later. But we get a third straight glorious victory. The defense has yet to give up a defensive touchdown this year. The offense looked good today, even though we got some injuries we'll have to talk about. But another win. Look, you can't go 3-0 without winning the first three. So great to see that. As always, today's show is part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. Probably a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. And it's brought to you by the fine folks at SBNation.com. What we're going to do today, we're going to have our great... We're going to have our good, because I think there was some good stuff. That was going to be more some individual plays. And we, we do have some some bad stuff to talk about at the end. We're also going to have the game balls, as well as our take of the game. And we're going in a different direction. Usually it's a take of the game from the Sco Show Slack channel, but I got something different to talk about at the end of today's show. Before we do all the good stuff, though, going to take care of business here at the outset. Your usual reminders, please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at places like... InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and yes, those three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, where I'm going to get to write about Daniel Jones, it seems, Bleeding Green Nation, where I co-host the QB Sco Show with the one and only Michael J. Kist, where I'm going to have to talk about Carson Wentz and the Eagles, who apparently can't catch anything right now. And yes, here at Pat's Pulpit, where I give you the Sco Show. I give you some film reviews. We got Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. And I'm also going to have a new project that I'm going to unroll in a couple weeks, I think. And I think you're going to dig that also of the podcast variety. Let's get into the great now. And the last two weeks, we've started on the defensive side of the ball. I think it's fair to start on the offensive side of the ball this week. Because we can be honest, banged up Jets team on their third string quarterback who they just brought onto the roster. The defense was fantastic. But I think the offense deserves some some credit here. And we'll start with TB12, Tom Brady, who I thought had a very good game. A lot of his throws were low, and I know people kind of harp it on that a bit, but I think a lot of those, and Rich Gannon pointed it out during the broadcast, a lot of those seem to be by design. Look, you've got guys like Jamal Adams lurking in the middle of the field. You want to protect your guys. And so a lot of these throws that Brady is putting low over the middle, that's your favorite thing to see as a receiver. Because if it goes high when you're going over the middle, that's what the kids like to call a hospital ball, my friends. 
And so I thought Brady had a fantastic game. As I did last week, I want to start with one drive. People know I love drives. The Patriots' opening drive of this game, I thought, was a masterclass, a thing of beauty in stringing together play calls, stringing together designs. They come out 21 personnel with Bolden and Burkhead as the running backs. And they go check down to Brandon Bolden right out of the gate for a gain of 11. He makes some few people miss. They go with Temple. They go empty on the next play. They go Bolden on the outside, Gordon in the slot. And guess what, kids? They ran Haas. Second play of the game. Bolden on the hitch outside. It was the middle of the field open look, cover two. Gordon comes inside, bends that route a bit. They've got off coverage over Bolden. He takes the hitch. Next play, it's a first and 10. Brady has all day to throw. Nothing's open. Takes a shot. So it's now second and 10. They... Empty the formation. They brand Burkhead back in. It's 10 personnel with Jacoby Myers. Easy Ohio concept to the left. Out route from the slot receiver. Vertical route on the outside. Straight go route. You run the cornerback off. You throw the out. Easy pitch. Easy catch. Gain of nine. Third and one. Play action with Sony Michelle in the game. I've talked about this before. Last year's ratio with Michelle. If he was in the game, they were running the ball. If he wasn't, they were throwing the ball. The play action with Sony Michelle, I think, is a nice look for this team. They have that little leak design where Izzo flares out late after blocking. He's wide open, huge gain, great design, great execution, great play call. Now you've got first and 10 of the Jets' 17. They start empty, bring the back right in, go back to a regular shotgun set with the running back next to Brady. Check down to Burkhead for five. Second and five, 20 personnel again. Stick concept to the left. You've got an out route to Edelman. Burkhead at the number one. He wants to go deep to Edelman. It's not there. Checks it down. Now you get third and two. Shield screen to Edelman where he comes in motion towards the formation, gets behind the receivers in sort of a stack look. You throw it to him. He's got a convoy in front of him. Gain of three. First and goal. Right side, Sony Michelle, touchdown. You get Mason with a pull. You get Karras with a pull. You get Izzo with a great lead block as well. Right down the field. Touchdown. I knew right then this game was over. And I think anybody watching this game knew this game was over. Of course, a big part of why this game was going to be over was this defense. We're going to talk about them some more, but a player I want to particularly highlight is Jamie Collins, a good friend of the show, Taylor Kyles. He's been on Twitter this afternoon talking about how Jamie Collins is sort of focused on process and speed in his second stint now with the New England Patriots. And we're seeing that play out. It's one thing to freelance when you can't diagnose and decipher as a defensive edge player or as a linebacker. It's another to be able to freelance when you're reading everything. And he's doing such a tremendous job right now of picking his spots and doing some great things, but he's also playing some fundamental football, which we're going to talk about in the second segment. So we're going to get into that a little bit. But I thought Tom Brady had a fantastic day. I think these receivers, for the most part, had a very good day, and you get contributions from a lot of different guys. I mean, Gordon, 11 targets, 6 receptions, 83 yards. Edelman, 10 targets, 7 receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Dorsett, who just keeps catching touchdown passes. 7 targets, 6 receptions, 53, and a touchdown. Izzo with a catch. Myers with 2 catches. Burkhead, 6 catches. Bolden with 2. Sony Michelle did get a target on a play that kind of got blown up. It was down near the goal line, and they sort of went play action off of a jet motion look. And they come back and throw the touchdown. And if you want a great example of an offensive coordinator sort of 
stringing together play calls. I thought that was brilliant from Josh McDaniels because on that play they had shown sort of that jet motion look. They thought they were going to get it. It's a second and goal. They fake the jet sweep. Brady sort of looks to throw to Sony Michelle, leaking out into the right flat. He's under duress, Brady is. Can't get enough on the throw. Doesn't have time to do it. Has to sort of throw it away because the receiver's covered. Well, what do you do on third and goal? You bring Brady under center. You fake the jet sweep again. You get Dorsett coming in motion from le- the left side. You fake the quick handoff to him. And then you just flip it to Burkhead. You get a crackdown inside. I thought it was Gordon. Everybody in the Scotia Slack channel pointed out it was Jacoby Myers with a crack block to the inside. Newhouse, the left tackle, pulls to the outside. That was brilliant. Because you showed them the sort of jet motion handoff type play. They don't bite. They don't fall for it. You show it to them again. And as a defense, you might be thinking, okay, now they're going to run it. And they don't. I thought that was fantastic. So Brady, I was very impressed with his day. You saw a lot of good pocket movement from him. I thought the offensive line had a fantastic afternoon. I mean, you look at Brady's numbers, 28 of 42, 306, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. He got hit a couple times, but no sacks. Marcus Cannon back did help, obviously. Newhouse, I thought, acquitted himself extremely well. I was a bit worried about that Jets pass rush, but it didn't seem to be an issue. The defense, look, you give up 98 yards through the air in an interception. You get five sacks for 29 yards. You figured they'd try to get the ball to left bell and get the ground game going. 18 carries for 35 and a lot of eight. We're running out of things to say about this defense. You're getting pressure from guys. I thought, look, there were times when they had Bennett, you had Collins, you had Van Noy, you had Hightower, you had Winovich, you had at times all of these guys, Butler, in the backfield. They're getting pressure. The coverage is, coverage is disciplined and sound on almost every single play. And they're taking advantage of opportunities. You're putting them behind the sticks. The quarterback makes a mistake. You're there. Devin McCourty with the interception. So the defense was fantastic in this game. And I'm going to highlight one last thing that I thought was fantastic. And that's Bailey. Seven punts for 310 yards, one touchback, five of the seven down inside the 20-yard line. A lawn of 58. The hang time is out of this world. Like You saw it on a punt that he sort of pinned Berrios to the corner again, and you saw Matthew Slater just celebrating and clapping like a madman because he knows what this kid is doing as a punter. And so Bailey, a huge day from him. So those were some of the great things I wanted to touch on. Up next, I'm going to have some good stuff. These are going to be some more individual plays that I highlight as I was going through and then some of the bad as well as the other stuff we've got to do here on this 18th installment of the Sco Show, which is yet again a glorious victory episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. 
Mark Schofield back with you now on this week three glorious victory installment of the Sco Show. I'm going to run through some of the good stuff I noted. I used to do more of this uh, over at Locked On Patriots where I'd sort of go sometimes not play by play, but I would run through plays that really sort of stood out to me over the course of the game. And so I've got a lot of those that I do want to highlight. Started on the opening drive, the Jets, um, they started the football. Um, they went to the Wildcat pretty much right away. Um, New England was ready for that. Um, they were ready for this direct handoff on the inside to Ty Montgomery. You had Guy and Chun with a good stop on there on that drive. I already talked about the Patriots' offensive opening drive. Next defensive possession, we had a sack from Jamie Collins. Um, they're in that amoeba look. You blitz inside. He comes inside. John Simon loops to the outside. He occupies the left tackle. Jamie Collins gets a free run at the quarterback, gets a sack there, which I thought was fantastic. Then on third and 15, that came in on second and seven. Then on third and 15, the amoeba look again. You have a handoff. Patrick Chun with immediate penetration. Deron Harmon, Chase Winovich as well. Chun shoots the A-gap. They try to hand it off there. You get the immediate tackle. Jets' third possession, first and 10 play. Michael Bennett gets a sack, splits a double team with a swim move to the right of the right guard, and then gets past the right tackle on the inside with speed. I was very impressed with that play. Um, If you were wondering about Brady's velocity, New England's third possession of the game, third and 10. This is late first quarter. Um, After he had missed, well, Edelman had missed a catch on a wide open flood design to the right. Brady comes back, incredible velocity on this crossing route to Edelman. I have in my my notes, no noodle arm there. And at that moment in the game, there was a fantastic discussion from Rich Gannon about playing as a quarterback and turning your back to the defense on play action passing plays. And Gannon talked about how he hated it because you couldn't pick up what the defense was doing. That's one of the things that makes Tom Brady so special from a process and speed standpoint because that is hard. You lose sight of where the defense is, but he can wheel that head back around, pick up where everybody is, and it begins in the pre-snap phase of the play. But that's getting a little bit of far afield here. That velocity on the crossroad to Edelman is what stood out. Then as the drive continued into the second quarter, you get Jacoby Myers into the game. Hit Brady hits him in the flat. He's wide open for a gain of 18. Uh, the Edelman touchdown. They're in shotgun. It's third and goal. 20 offensive personnel. You get Rex Burkhead in the game. That's where Brady wants to go with the football. They're working a two-man combination with Edelman and Burkhead to the left. Edelman runs this sort of Miami route. It comes up later in the game as well. You start to the inside of them, break to the outside. Jacoby Myers had a big catch on that later in the game. But Brady is working that underneath option route to Burkhead where he starts to the outside and then either comes back inside on the Texas route or goes to the flat. In this case, he gets walled off. I think it was Blake Cashman, the rookie linebacker for the Jets. So Brady has to set, reset, finds Edelman on a sort of fadeaway throw, but he has enough arm strength to get on it. Just a fantastic play. Uh, Jets' fourth offensive drive of the game, a first and 21 after a face mask penalty. Um, they go bunch left, inside run. Uh, Juwan Bentley with a fantastic stuff of that play for no gain that stood out to me. Um, next Jets possession, this is mid-second quarter. Um, their fifth offensive possession of the game. It starts at about the 9.59 mark of the second quarter. Collins has an incredible effort play over the left tackle to stop the run. He sheds. 
collapses to the inside, stops Bell for no gain. And then on the next play, it's a second and 10. They go with a wildcat look again. Collins does a fantastic job staying home, sets the edge. Montgomery really wants to bounce this around him to the outside. Collins shuts that down, sets the edge. That's the type of stuff that we didn't see from him at times. In his first stint here, he might jump inside on that and try to make a big play for a loss of five. No, he stays home now, sets the edge, prevents him from bouncing it. Previously, he might have let that guy get outside of him to the edge. Here, he sets the edge, stays home, and then stops us for a two-yard loss. Next Patriots possession. A second and nine play. Um, shotgun 21 personnel with both Bolden and Edelman. I mean, excuse me, Burkett in the game. Brady throws a crossing route to Edelman. This is a low ball that is caught. And Gannon talked about looking in front of receivers. Sometimes I've termed that blank. You blink in front of the receiver, meaning you want to know what's in front of him and if you're going to throw him into danger or not. You want to see what's in front of that guy. Some coaches have called that blank. That's what I grew up learning. Other people just saying, you know, looking in front of the receiver. Because that's one of those throws over the middle. If he leaves that high, you've got Jamal Adams, you've got Marcus May lurking. You throw it low, only he can make a catch on it. That's what you want to do as a quarterback. And so that was a good discussion during the game. Gannon's a very, very good color guy. You know, quick aside here, I feel like he's one of those ex-quarterbacks that does a really good job at sort of getting into quarterback play. When he does a game, I'm very intrigued to see what he says. Trent Green is similar. Those are guys that when they do games, I feel like I pick up something new each time I hear it from them. Um, So Gannon is a guy that I enjoy listening to. Just quick little aside there. Uh, Jets possession at the end of the first half. Uh, It's a third and three play, and this was a great job by Simon. They'd run that little swing screen. Simon sniffs it out. Stops it for a loss of two. I thought that was a fantastic play from him. Um, some of the second half stuff. Uh, Patriots seventh possession of the game. They get a third and eight. Um, oh, this was the one that got upheld on review. I thought we can sort of forget this play, but I thought the Brady and Dorsett connected here. Um, Booth didn't agree. It was one of those they didn't have enough evidence to overturn it, but I think they actually did. Um, they should have overturned that. That looked like a catch to me. Uh, Jets' ninth drive of the game starts at the 8.49 mark of the third quarter. It's a first and 10. They start bell inside. Landon Roberts with a good job sifting through traffic to stop him for a one-yard gain. That's one of those tough plays as a linebacker. You've got to fight through traffic. You did a very good job there. Oh, here's Patriots' ninth drive of the game. This is midway through third quarter. That's second and three. That completion to Myers on that Miami route where you it looks like you're running that sort of deep over like we sometimes see on Yankee concept, and then you get to the middle of the field. Sometimes you get that cut call where the corner's now going to bail to the middle of the field. Free safety breaks down. So you've got guys rotating to the middle of the field and then down to the middle. Safety coming down, corner going deep. That's when you break to the outside and run away from everybody. Great route from Myers. Great read and throw from Brady. The Gordon catch along the sideline. That was one of those moments in the Locked on Patriots Slack channel where everybody swore for about 35 seconds straight because that was just unbelievable. Just an unbelievable, first of all, the route, you know, to get that out and up into the turkey hole area of cover two and then for Brady to, you know, put it on him and Gordon to go up and get it. That was fantastic. Um, I talked about the jet sweep touchdown. Um, Let's see, late third quarter, Jets' 10th possession. Uh, first and 10 play. They start with uh, Luke Falk under center. They try to throw that band-aid off of play action. Deron Harmon with a fantastic hit on Jamison Crowder. Right in what we call the strike zone now between sort of the belt and the chest area. You know, perfectly timed hit. I thought that was a great job. 
wide receiver screen on second and eight, same drive. Again, John Simon, I can't say enough about how good he's been playing so far. He reads this. He's coming off the edge. He sees what they're setting up. He breaks back and recovers. You know, this is flagged for an offensive pass interference on Berrio, so the play doesn't count. But again, John Simon, been loving what he's doing. You get the sack that dang Butler for a bit off of the amoeba look. You get, let's see, Winovich off the edge, Butler inside, Hightower coming in through the A-gap, Van Nuy off the edge, and then Collins lurking, but he drops into coverage. Hightower gets the initial pressure, and then you get Butler cleaning it up. So that was some of the good sort of individual plays I wanted to talk about. Some bad things. Um, Obviously, injuries are an issue. We got Cannon back, which is great. We lose Edelman. Waiting on that. X-rays were apparently negative. It sounds like a rib injury could be a cartilage type of situation. Rib injury is never fun. As somebody that's cracked a rib, not fun. And so you have to sort of manage that. Gordon got hurt. Finger situation. Looked like he got a caught either on a face mask or a jersey. Came back, though. Obviously made the catch late in the game on that sideline route. So he looked to be okay. He, he had some post-game comments about s- sort of leaving no stone unturned. So that was great to see. Other injuries. Butler was dinged after that sack. We just broke down. But he came back, so it was good to see that happen. Other bad things. Steven Gostowski. This was a discussion in the Scotia Slack channel. What's the issue with Gostowski? Um, I suggested that it was perhaps a holder thing. And look, that's a... That's a me thing. That's an experience from my background. When I was a senior in high school, I was expected to be the holder, but our place kicker didn't quite trust me because of my technique. He often felt like I wasn't getting my lead, my other hand away from the ball in time, and it screwed up his time. And from a mental standpoint, sometimes it can be a bit of a finicky thing, holders and kickers. So look, Bailey, a new holder, that might have been an issue. That was something I was kicking around in my head. But Jessica Brand, who's fantastic addition to the Scotia Slack channel who you should be excited and if you haven't joined yet you should join just for her forget me you should join for Jessica she studies kicking mechanics kicking techniques and she basically took some time over at halftime time hips and legs aren't in sync fixable as she thinks but it's not a holding issue it's a mechanical body flow type issue it's his hips and his leg are not in sync so i thought it was holder she got the time during halftime to go look at the missed extra point she says it's a mechanic issue listen to her not me when especially when it comes to kickers so we're gonna think ghost has a mechanical issue that hopefully he can sort out other things that we got to talk about the penalties they were kind of an issue you had some penalties in this game that you, you don't like to see, it wasn't, you know, it's one of those things that you would always like to see the team sort of clean up. Um, but I'm trying to pull out the stats right now in terms of penalties. Do penalties. The Patriots had eight for 70 yards. You never like to see eight. So clean that up a little bit. Gunner, I love the guy to death. Bad muff of the punt. I don't think it's going to be an issue that's going to cost him the gig or anything, but... You know, sometimes a fair catch is okay. And I think this was a situation where he should have caught fair caught that as that punt was settling in. Looked to be a lot of hand timing. A guy with a free shot at him. I thought, this is one you either got to let it go or just take a fair catch, get back to the sideline. Hopefully it doesn't sort of cost him his job long term. Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett, man. That's a sort of a tough debut. Throwing a pick six. But hey, 
He didn't do it on his first pass as a member of the National Football League, unlike Sam Darnold, who threw a pick six on his first throw as a professional. So Stidham's got that going for him, which is nice. Some game balls here before we go. Tom Brady, you get one. Josh Gordon, you get one for fighting back through the injuries. We're going to give one to Jamie Collins. Again, hugely impressed with what he did. But then we're going to give a game ball to the entire defensive coaching staff. Why? They have yet to give up a touchdown this season. They haven't given up a touchdown since the AFC Championship game. It's been 245 days since they've given up a touchdown. Again, it was their fifth consecutive first half shutout, including the playoffs, because it was 14-0 halftime in the AFC Championship game, 3-0 Super Bowl 53, 28-0 week one, 13-0 week two, and then 20-0 today. And by the way, the Patriots are now the first team to hold all three opponents in their first three weeks of the season to zero first half points since Vince Lombardi's 1962 Packers. Friends, that's ridiculous. So, game balls for the entire defensive coaching staff as well as Jamie Collins on the defensive side of the ball. The take of the game, I got to do something a little bit different. Um, longtime followers of my work um, via the Locked on Patriots podcast know that a lot of what I kind of try to draw from in a sense is Tony Kornheiser not PTI or anything like that not his stint on Monday Night Football but his radio show you know I came to him first living in Virginia hearing him on the radio then I heard PTI and watched PTI but then I was back the radio and the podcast and I've often told the story about Wednesday shows you know Kornheiser would often joke on his radio show and then on his podcast oh you want to do what I do tell me what your Wednesday show is it's easy to do a Monday show it's easy to do a Friday show what's your Wednesday show about so I often talk about Kornheiser. And one of the things that I always dug about Kornheiser was how he would be able to sort of interact with listeners and make them feel like a part of the show. And one way he would do that was through what he would call tribute, which was he would talk about something on air and listeners would send it in. Like he would talk about flavors of kind bars that he liked and he'd get them by the crate. Listeners would send them in. I even sent in some tribute back in the day to Tony Kornheiser. You know, he used to say that, you know, the reason why you want to be famous is to help your friends, to get the great re- table at restaurants, and to crush your enemies. Like, those are the three reasons you want to be famous. Now, I'm never going to get to that level. But I got some tribute this weekend. Over at Locked On Patriots, when I was over there this summer, I talked about the show Letter Kenny, and it got me on a path towards Ruffles All Dressed Chips which I had never even heard of until Letterkenny. People would tell me they were fantastic. They've got an Americanized version here in the States, and they are fantastic. But a listener went above and beyond. Ian McDonald, at Ian C. McDonald on Twitter. Please do give him a follow. If you, if you can't find him, go to my Twitter. You'll see pictures of me with him. He was up in Canada recently, and he came back, and he visited me on Saturday with some Canadian ruff, ruffles all dressed, He brought some zesty cheese Doritos, which he says are fantastic, and they are. He brought this blue lobster, this vodka seltzer. You've got a lemon-lime flavor and a lemon-blueberry flavor. And as somebody that knows, I've been digging the sort of spiked seltzer thing. Those are fantastic. He brought some candy. He spent some time with me and the family on Saturday. It was incredibly touching. Like... The, the fact that people listen to this show still blows my mind. The fact that people would sit down and spend 30 minutes listening to me rant about football still blows my mind. But for somebody to like think about me when they're on vacation and 
bring something back for me? Incredibly touching. Incredibly touching. And again, the chips are fantastic. All of it is just incredibly delicious. And I can't thank Ian enough. I'm, I'll never be able to thank him enough for that. It was just such a nice gesture. It truly meant the world to me. And Ian, my man, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So that's our tribute of the game. How about that? Ian coming through with the stuff from north of the border. That will do it for today. What we've got this week, Wednesday show, per listener request, Brandon Thorne is going to come back and join us. We're going to talk about the Patriots offensive line with the injuries and how they've moved guys around, how that's faring. And then on Thursday's show, Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, co-host of Draft Dudes, the Draft Network extraordinaire over there, but he's a big Bills guy. And we're going to talk Bills because guess what, friends? We got a battle for AFC East supremacy to look forward to. Both teams 3-0, the Bills, they look legit. Joe's going to tell us all about them. So that's the week ahead here at the SCO Show. Until next time, friends, please do keep on blessing the Patriots reign down in Foxborough.